1: Dr. Anand Padmanabhan is here with me today. He's the founder of Rethym Technologies. Doc, thanks for coming on today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Spontaneous HIT or spontaneous HIT. We've been seeing it in the news a lot lately. It's that rare blood clotting that we're seeing with the Johnson & Johnson and the AstraZeneca vaccines. Uh, But this has also occurred before these vaccines came out. And I was wondering if you could tell us what it is and maybe a little bit of why it's happening.
0: Sure, I'm happy to do that. So just to start off, I'll say there's a disease called HIT, which 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 stands for heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. And what happens in that disease is some patients, a small minority of patients, maybe 1 in 100 or 200 patients, who receive this very common blood thinner called heparin, develop low platelet counts, and that's what's called thrombocytopenia, and many of them develop clots, which is called thrombosis. So HIT has been known for many decades. More recently, we started recognizing that patients can present with low platelet counts and clots, and you ask them, and and when you test their blood, it looks exactly like HIT. But when you ask them questions, they say, well, I was sitting at home. I was never in a hospital. I never got heparin. So the term spontaneous hit was coined. It's sort of a misnomer when you think about it, it's spontaneous, but at the same time, we're calling it heparin induced. So it's a, it's a problem with nomenclature, but that's what we use. And I've seen several patients with spontaneous hit in various settings. Uh, for example, I saw uh, a 30 year old truck driver presenting with a stroke and low platelet counts, he never had any heparin and unfortunately he came to our attention too late uh, such that he he can't move half uh, of his body. Another lady I remember in her seventies had a knee replacement. She went home in perfect condition and she came back a couple of weeks later with massive thrombotic or clotting in multiple places in our body, as well as low platelet counts. So spontaneous hit has been known somewhat recently, but it's been recognized in multiple settings. Uh, and what is very interesting about the recent cases, the one in a million or a few in a million cases uh, of spontaneous HIT associated with the j and and the AstraZeneca vaccines, is that the blood testing seems to suggest that the person has spontaneous hit, except the testing patterns aren't exactly what you would expect. There are some variances with some patients, but there's no doubt they have spontaneous HIT.
1: And Retham Technologies is developing a new test for spontaneous HIT or, or HIT in general.
0: Absolutely. So we started, uh, so based on some research that I, that I performed in my lab while I was in the Blood Center of Wisconsin in Milwaukee, suggested a new way of identifying HIT and spontaneous HIT antibodies. And so that's sort of how Rethm was born. I co-founded it with the CEO of Rethm Technologies, Dr. Daniel Sem, uh, who also happens to be the Dean of the Concordia University School of Business. And the goal of Rethm was to develop an in vitro diagnostic assay, essentially a blood test kit that can be provided to all hospitals You you know, it should be a simple kit, but also highly accurate. That was our goal that can give you a diagnosis in a matter of one or two hours, because right now making an accurate diagnosis of hit or spontaneous hit in some cases can take several days because not a lot of hospitals are equipped to run that testing that is needed to make the diagnosis.
1: Is this technology on the market?
0: Not yet, Uh, we've, uh, I mean, we just sort of uh, started our R&D in 2019. So not too long ago, we were very successful and lucky and fortunate to get uh, a very competitive National Institute of Health grant, along with uh, some amazing support from the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation and others in the state. And so our R&D has been moving very, very nicely. We're in advanced stages. And I anticipate that uh, likely in about two years after, you know, uh, performing the FDA mandated clinical studies that are needed for launch of assays in the United States, that it would become available either, you know, 2023 or, or thereabouts. But it will be, I, th- I, I think when it comes out, uh, it will be a paradigm shifting assay that uh, that we just haven't seen based on the, on the novelty and convenience of the technology that we're developing.
1: And I should also add that Retham has a partnership with BioForward Wisconsin. What role has that relationship played in your success?
0: I mean, BioForward has been amazing. To be honest, before I I, I, I formed the startup, I hadn't really heard about BioForward. I was an academic, uh, you know, professor, physician at the university, and as soon as we uh, we formed our company. Uh, and you know, we moved to the University of uh, Wisconsin Milwaukee Innovation Campus, and we interacted with neighboring companies, small startups, very innovative companies. We heard about BioForward and the value that they provide to the biotech and life science industry in Wisconsin.
1: Is there anything I'm not asking you that you wanted to add?
0: Well, maybe I'll say three things. If you have patients in your audience or vaccinees, I should say not patients. Uh, I just wanna say that this reaction that has been recorded with Johnson Johnson and AstraZeneca, very, very rare. It's probably gonna be the Johnson Johnson numbers are not known yet, it's too early. But I think it's estimated to be maybe one or just a few per million patients or uh, vaccinees. So it's a very, very rare event. So, you know, I don't want people, I don't want this to add to vaccine hesitancy. At the current time, there's a pause but please go ahead, make, schedule an appointment and get the other two vaccines that are available. Uh, And if the Johnson Johnson vaccine becomes available, um, you know, and if the FDA provides guidance and who can receive it, please follow those guidelines and do receive it. So please, COVID is a bad disease and these ultra rare events I hope will not dampen the enthusiasm of the public to get the vaccine. The second thing I would say is if you do get the vaccine and you're among the very, very, very few unfortunate people I've I've been asked what signs and symptoms do I look out for? Look out for signs and symptoms of clots. So this could be something like leg pain or leg swelling. It could be severe abdominal pain. It could be nausea, vomiting, uh, severe headaches, vision problems, stroke, like you're not able to move some part of your body shortness of breath. So those are roughly some of the symptoms you can experience. So if you have any of those, seek medical attention immediately. And the third thing I would say is for people who are caring for such folks that show up at the emergency room, remember that the testing patterns may be aberrant. Don't be thrown away by what you know about HIT. Be cautious, ultra-cautious. Reach out to experts who've seen this condition. In this disease, two things are most important. One is early diagnosis, and the second is rapid treatment. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from UW-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WisPolitics Politics and Wisp Business Podcast. UW-Madison is one of our state's greatest economic engines, accounting for $15 billion in economic impact statewide. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.